Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your Tuesday. We greatly appreciate it. Gordon is here. Austin is here. I got to say a big thanks to Austin because I... Almost made a uh, a very big mistake today. What did you do? No, no, Jake I don't Scott. want to get into specifics. Uh, but I do want to say, Austin's my hero and uh, is the man and very good at his job. That's that's how I'm going to. And I got the cash. Thank somehow, you. And Austin covered. Austin for pulled you. me out of the fire today. So I, you know, big ups to my man Austin. How bad was it, Austin? Uh, you've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have. Uh, so, Austin, hero of the day on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. See, this is what I do. I, I compliment and and thank Austin. You invent an insult Austin day of the week. What was that last week? It, it flopped. Nobody could think of anything to insult a man about. So, I mean, I learned my lesson. Or he's the filter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and all the the insults got filtered out through, you oh, know, yeah. Austin. Oh, yeah, there is that, too. <laughs> that, that may have been the, may have been the case. Uh, but, yeah, we've got a fun sto- uh, show in store for everybody today. We're going to talk a lot of college football, a lot of NBA basketball. Uh, countdown to contention today at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Not only will Craig Bowler Jack will be uh, – <laughs> we'll be here. Uh, but he was going for the alliteration there. We shall uh, also play a one-on-one with Donovan Mitchell at 5.05. We not had a chance just, to talk to him today. Oh, that's really good. Uh, but not The just, road to contention. Yeah. Not, uh-huh. not just We've all, got imaging, so we might as well do it right not, now. Not just all that. But today, I have my list of nicknames. We do. Jazz players. I saw Bowler at practice today. I was down at practice. I saw Bowler and he is very excited to come in for today's show. I thought we could do that at 5:30. I might have to go through and reinvent a couple of them so that they're actually usable for him because a couple of them are very descriptive, but they might be difficult for him as he's calling a game. What did you get too wordy? A little, a couple of cases, a little yeah. too wordy. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but, I'll, but I'll make it right. Let's do that at five thirty. Bowler will be here with us through the entire five o'clock hour. We'll uh, play the Donovan Mitchell interview and uh, chat about that for the first part of the five o'clock hour. Then at five thirty, we'll go through the nicknames this year's batch, which includes obviously some new members of the team. A whole lot. We will be debuting that with television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack, at five thirty. Are you are you pretty proud of what you've you've come up with? Can you give us a I, I don't know a a tease or something to look forward to? Well, first of all, look as I heard again and again yesterday, you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. You got you got to you got to put the work in. You do before you can start bragging. 
you know, before you start counting your chickens before they're high. So you haven't come up with them yet. I got the now, eggs. Now you're... <laughs> I, no, I have come up with Crunch them. time? No, oh. no, I got them. Okay. I just, I may improve them during the show. Oh, okay. So if anybody has any suggestions, you want to uh, sort of uh, a, uh, what would that be, preemptive? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, if you think you can do better than me... You can. Then... then <laughs> you probably can. <laughs> Then, then go ahead and uh, and uh, tweet at me, okay? You know, and I'll I'll take your your nicknames into consideration. If yours is better than mine, then I'll 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 put that in there. Now, do do you think you came up with some material that meets the Tabo Stinky Cheese Cephalosha bar this year? Well, you know, I had it's a to... high bar, <laughs> high bar. <laughs> well, you can't ask for the impossible. And I sure I mean, that it's just, like when Fonz used to look at himself in the mirror and before the happy days, you know, he used to just go to comb and then nah. Okay, right. so you uh, set a high bar though. So if you, but uh, but look, I'm all ears. If somebody's got something for me, uh, bring it to me now, so I can uh, include it on the on the list. And in fact, I might have what I had, and then the best of what the listeners come up with, I'll do an either or. Okay. But I yeah, I look forward to it. I think and we'll have Craig Bowler Jack, the voice of the jazz, right with us. And think about the pride. If Bowler is using the nickname that you came up with, then think of the pride. Every time you hear it, every time said player does something good on the court and Bowler exclaims with great enthusiasm, blah blah blah, then you have that. To, uh, Wait, which sort of, one's blah, blah, yeah. blah? And, and by the way, how many times has that actually happened where Bowler has used it? Oh, he's used a few. A couple. One. <laughs> but, but so does that hurt you then no, that he's disregarded he, the, no, the, all he, the others? No, no, I understand it. You know, brevity and all that. But, you know, I still claim that Donovan Mitch is better than anything anybody else has come up, including Spida. But that's you know whatever. And he hasn't he hasn't used that one. He I don't know not. why he didn't use bags with he. That was that was one of your finest. Yeah. Flava fave isn't yeah. that what you called? Uh, yeah. Don't you think that's quality? Uh, sure, sure. I know some of them were losers. You know, but some, <laughs> some of them were dogs. We can't and, and have all homers. And some of them, uh, some of them, uh, you know, those players never got in the game, so we couldn't use them. Or when they did get in the game, they never did anything good. Now, real quick, and then and then we'll get on to business. And we have Christian Cox on the show today as well at you know, he uh, 4.30. To, he had a cup of coffee with the uh, New England Patriots. He did. Moment. Now, let me ask you this. Have you come up with new ones for those with existing at all? Yes. Okay. For everyone or just a couple? I think every, uh, darn near everyone. Even Donovan Mitch? I I still am going to stick with the Donovan Mitch, even though it it did catch on with the T-shirt craze, and and uh, and but Spider has just sort of swamped it because he has favor he has uh, sort of what's uh, he has approved of that mm-hmm. and utilized it in his shoe deal and all that stuff. Oh, right, yeah. But I thought individuals couldn't choose their own nickname. Well, how do you know he chose that? Maybe he he's had that as long as he's been here to a certain extent. I think he got that. Didn't we ask him where the origin of that came from? Didn't he get it like a long time ago? Oh, uh-huh, yeah, I suppose. At so. a basketball camp or well, something. We're going against the flow there. With you're him. just you're just mad. No, that, I'm not mad. a Mitch did not catch on more. Well, I thought it caught on pretty well, actually. But it it was exceeded by well, the other. Yeah, one. there is that. But they, I mean, I get that. 
I mean, look, it's not about ego for me. No, never no, has been. No, no, <laughs> never at all. <laughs> it's about making the broadcast more colorful. I'm Gordon Monson. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm so very... if you can better me, then bring it to me now, and I will put it on the list if it's if it's if it's of that level. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I know that Bowler is looking forward to it. Yeah, he pulled me aside at practice. He said, "We doing it? We doing the? We doing the nicknames today?" I said, "You better believe it, Bowler." Okay, all right. Gordon promised, and he will deliver. Well, at five thirty this afternoon. It's like Quinn was talking about yesterday, unselfishness. So, unselfishness. So I am not going to be. I'm not going to. I'm not going to grab all the glory myself here. I want to share this with our listeners. So bring me what you got, and I'll I'll put it on the list right. if it's uh, of high enough quality. All right, let's get to the split story of the day here on The Big Show. Two guys, two topics, two two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I think it's really tough to block it out in today's world with how much we're on our phones, how much we're, you know, seeing it. So so the biggest thing for us is, I think Mike said it before, like just focusing on what we can do, you know, what what we control. We control what we can control. You know, at the end of the day, moves have been made in the West and when people are going to say whatever they want to say but for us we we have to start over really you know we have eight new guys i think believe something like that so we have to we have to start from scratch kind of we have a we have a platform we have a base but we got to build from that and i think that's really where our head is at you know i don't think any guy in the locker room is saying oh we're this in the west or we're that or we could be here i think that's kind of setting yourself up for failure if you start to look too far ahead uh the biggest thing is just continuing starting with tomorrow you know tomorrow is going to be one day and then we start focusing on wednesday and thursday and friday and then we get ready for our adelaide and then continue to go from there Donovan Mitchell, as we had media day yesterday, Gordon, for the Utah Jazz. Heard a little bit from everybody. Uh, Heard from Dennis, Justin, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder was available after practice uh, today. And um, it it feels a little bit different, uh, Gordon, uh, because I think camp is a little bit different with the new faces. And Quinn Snyder talked about that a little bit, that he is going to have to work on fit and lineups and and different things because uh, their contributors are different faces. Yes, indeed. By the way, I got to interject here that already, already our listeners are coming strong with some great material. Okay, good. Keep great it coming. material. Keep it coming. Now, what were you saying? <laughs> it's not about his ego, Jake. <laughs> no, it's about the listeners. Oh, man. I'm about our listeners. They, the the one, one is really good. One is automatic. I'm going to put it in right now. It's that good. Anyway, yeah, uh, so, yeah, the team has to assimilate and uh, come together right now. Old Beatles, too. You are going to have a tough time being focused today, aren't no, you? No, I am going, I'm going to be is, on everything. Well, no, because this is going to get me ready for doing the pre-half and post with Britain, who gets distracted by nearly everything. So, you know, i got to get used to this. <laughs> what's that, what's that uh, character that does get distracted every the time? The squirrel, the whole squirrel, that thing. Wasn't that from uh, Up or something? Over the Hedge? Oh, no, up. Yeah, the dog, yeah. The dog. The yeah, dog, Doug. Yeah, Doug the dog. Doug the dog. You're on something, and then all of a sudden someone snaps their finger over here, and all of a sudden he's... And that, that's direction. how you're behaving today. So, But that's how Britain always behaves, so, <laughs> so you're I'm going to I'm gonna be getting See, used to it here. Usually I pride myself on on, uh, on concentrating completely your on what sheer you're focus. saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it is. Remember Quinn talking about focus last year? That was his big word. Focus. So I promise from here on out to listen to everything you say. 
Don't don't make promises. No, no, I'm going to. Don't. I I am going to. Don't. Everything you say, I am going to listen intently. Even though I didn't hear a word of what you already said. This is just your your I'm going to watch baseball this year thing all (laughs) all over again. I'm going to prove it to you. Say again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just okay. Me, just give me it's a okay. capitalized version. It's it's all right. Just, just just give me a little hint. This camp is going to be a little bit different, as they have to you know assimilate yeah. some new faces that are going to be playing major roles. Well, yesterday Donovan Mitchell, I didn't count these up, but he said there were eight new guys. Eight, eight is enough. Okay. So- Watch you show. Are, this is going to be a hard day for me. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going to be all over whatever you say. And I agree with you. And, and not only do I agree with you, Jake, and you brought this up yesterday, this may be the key to the season, how quickly they can assimilate. Because if they, if they, they start the season, they don't have this ridiculous thing that they've had in the past two seasons. But the, the, the competition they have early on is pretty tough. And so they got to be on it right from the beginning. I agree with you completely. So I'm... I know that is a little disturbing to you that I would agree with you, but I do. I do, I do, I do. Now you have this look on your face <laughs> like you were, that was just 100% mocking me. No! no 100% no, all I promise of that was you. just complete mockery. No, I promise you I agree with you earnestly. I'm offended, sir. <laughs> that I agree with you? By your... your... <laughs> Your look. That's not that you're look, giving me right th- this now. Is, I, I've done this uh, through my years on a radio where I get that goofy look on my face, and it, but it's, it's, it, 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 it belies what I really think. And what I really think is that there you it is are again. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on here. I'm going to turn my, I'm gonna turn my uh, smile into a frown. So I, you know I'm... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Still not there, nope. huh? Sorry. Uh, Quinn Snyder did say something yesterday to Hanson Scotty, and it's been running on the promo today for those guys that I, I do think is is somewhat interesting and is kind of a comment on what's going around around, uh, around the rest of the Western Conference, Gordon, and why a, a good start might be so important. Uh, they asked him about being the hunted as opposed to the hunter yes. a little bit, uh-huh. and he said, well, we were picked third in the West last year, and I don't think we're picked third this year. Which I thought for a second, I thought, well, yeah, you're right about that. And then you think, well, the Jazz what are, are they picked? We think that they're about. I'm not sure, and I don't even know what official ranking would they or whatever be picked he's talking at least about. third. You think might maybe not? Well, because the Lakers, I have them as two. You know, when we've had this discussion in the in the off season, I think they have that much potential. But it, it's a comment, I think, on how the West has really changed and evolved. And it's it's probably, what, five or six teams that are all yeah. in the very same neighborhood, and every game is going to matter. Okay, so this is my interpretation of that. I think that, okay, yeah, okay, there's the, the Clippers, the Lakers, and who some people, because of the market and LeBron and the whole thing, uh, and, and maybe some people are still hanging in there with Golden State and Houston or some such. Um I'm not sure that the Jazz were picked third last year. Maybe they were in some camps. But their ceiling is higher this time. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. So, they, yeah, there's a bunch of really talent, talented teams. But uh, I, I think overall the Jazz are better prepared to, to go beyond what some people might think. And I think most of the observers that we have talked to, Jake, are making allowance for that. So... I, I would imagine that uh, nobody would be surprised if the Jazz crashed the party. 
And they're going to have to score to do it. Uh, I think the defensive culture will prevail and will still be a good defensive team, but I'm still a little concerned about size on the wings, those sorts of things. Size in the in the backcourt. I mean, they have a short backcourt. How's that going to go defensively? Donovan Mitchell has that big, long wingspan, which helps a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, Ricky Rubio being 6'4 actually was quite helpful in some defensive schemes. But we'll he was see. beat all the time. He was, but he could also switch more because of his size. Uh, I suppose, but uh, there were. I, I think his defensive deficiencies. And I heard Dennis say yesterday that that uh, Ricky was uh, a net positive at the defensive end. I saw him get beat a lot, a lot. And I think uh, Mike Conley can stay between his man and the basket better than Ricky Rubio. I don't could. necessarily disagree, but I'm saying they're small. He's six one, and Donovan's six two. So that's a small backward. Is that what we figured out Donovan is now that the NBA is requiring teams to tell the truth? Uh, that's that's kind of what we saw, that that was what he was measured at the Combine, I believe, without his shoes on. So mm. that's what you'd expect him to be. He must have tall shoes. Well, you know, basketball yeah. shoes probably give you a little bit, uh, give you an I, inch. I, I never thought he was as tall as 6'3". But this also means the rest of the NBA shrunk. Yeah, along with them. right, yeah. right. But the point being, he's not a he's not a tall guy. He's not. But like you said, his wingspan. I don't think that's a lie. It helps. But Donovan's defense has to get better. Yeah, and he's talked about that. He has. He yeah. talked about it today with me. Yeah, we have that to look forward. Coming to. up at the at the top of the five o'clock hour. So yeah. stay tuned for that. I'm but, curious to hear what he said because I know that you would ask the questions that uh, all our listeners want to hear the answers to. Yeah, let's hope so. Although you always come out of those one-on-one interviews where it's like, I should have. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was I? What was I doing here? But anyway, uh, he'll be on. We'll we'll play that for you at the top of the five o'clock hour. So we'll see. But I think they're gonna have. They're gonna need more offense. I, I think, and I think they have the personnel to do it. That's the big question, and I agree with you, but a lot of people seem to disagree. And Rudy was asked this question yesterday, and he said his answer was essentially everybody has to do more at the defensive end. And he was including himself in that. Oh, he himself is going to have to do a lot more. Yeah, because he doesn't have Derek Favors there to cover for him in those moments. Not that they played that much together anyway. Well, just think about it this for a second, though. Let's say they play the lineup with Bojan at the four, which I think we're expecting mm-hmm. a fair amount of, right? Uh, he's not a rebounder. Never have has been a rebounder. Certainly well, not a strength of his game. They're going to lean on Rudy to, to take up even more of a rebounding load. Yeah, but think about all those rebounds that Rudy could have had that uh, Derek Favors got. So yeah. Rudy might be over here licking his chops going, okay, I'm going to get an extra five. Maybe, and that, but that's what he's going to be asked to do. Yeah. I mean, that was your, your premise. Yeah. You're going to have to do more. He's going to have to add. De- obviously, defensive rebounding is part of defense. And, uh, and uh, as Pat Riley once said, no rebounds, no rings. So, yeah, that's going to fall upon him. Ed, Ed Davis is a terrific uh, rebounder. One of he, the best in the league. Yeah, he's going, to, he's going to get his share. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Whether Bogdanovich can do that, I guess we're going to find out. That's a part of the mystery to what Quinn is putting together here. I, I'm sure, knowing Quinn the way we do, that he has he has concocted all these plans, and now he is implementing those with his players. It's it's a busy camp 
for it's a busy four day camp for the Jazz. He did say at practice today that that he is going to experiment with lineups and different things throughout camp. So yeah. kind of like we talked about yesterday, I, I did get that impression today that they're going to throw a bunch of stuff against the wall. Well, if the Jazz are getting killed on the boards, you'd put Ed Davis in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you depend on uh, Donovan and uh, Mike Conley and Joe Ingles for the, uh, the shooting that you need. And if that's... If defense, if you're going up against a team that is tough defensively, and you want to add one more option, then then the Jazz have the sh- a shooter or two extra to put in. So yeah, it's uh, he does have options. Well, actually, you hit on one of the biggest importance of of Mike Conley and what he does for you. If that lineup you're talking about, you have three shooters on the floor, which is the minimum in today's day and age. You need three shooters on the floor at all times. Now, if you start Bojan, you're looking at four shooters right. on the floor, and that's great. But if you did want to adjust that way and go big. Because the Jazz outside of Rudy are kind of small. If you do go big, you still have those three shooters on the floor. Are which is four shooters important. too redundant? No, I don't think so. Because only Especially one, not with Rudy. Only one guy can shoot. So if you have four shooters and you are compromised in other areas, does that is that too much of a good thing with a, a deficit? In an area or two. No, I don't think so because it creates space. And it's not always about making shots, Gordon. It's about your reputation. How much (laughs) gravity do you have? Yeah. How much is your man willing to leave you when you're standing out and spacing the floor? That's that's what it's about. Now, if you that's why they say if you make a couple early, then you know, teams have to think about it. Well, when you're Joe Ingles, teams have to think about it every minute of every game. If you're Bojan Bogdanovich, they gotta think about it every minute of every game. Obviously, if you're Donovan Mitchell, they got to think about it. And Mike Conley, especially if he can do what George Hill did a couple of years ago and get so good about if they go under the screen, just pulling up and draining yeah. a three, and it just opens up the, the whole world. So it's, it's not necessarily about how many you made that night. It's about the coach before the game going, you can't leave this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. It's all about your rep and your gravity. And if Rudy is your, your roller to the rim, imagine the space in that lineup, Gordon. With all that gravity, imagine the space in that lineup for Rudy going to the rim. Yeah, and, I mean, and Donovan talked about that, and that, that is a real luxury. But he's going to keep, have to keep his eyes up to take advantage of whichever one of those uh, options is best. Uh, but Donovan talked about that. He said you got the uh, probably the dynamic, most dynamic roller to the rim in the league. Yeah. And then if you've got Bogdanovich over here and you got Ingles over here and you got him, and meanwhile you got Mike Conley on the floor. I, this is this is so interesting. It's so fascinating. I don't know what Quinn's going to do. I don't know which button he's going to push, and when we when I talked with George, George said essentially that uh, there are any one of it could be one guy one night who is leading the way, and it could be another guy another night. All right. I don't doubt that for a second. We'll get to some college football coming up next. Stay tuned. A national writer had a not so nice review for a local coach. We'll get into that. There's also some breaking BYU news that we'll get to as well. Want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24/7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I80 and Redwood Road. Park ride and save Diamond Airport Parking. More next on the Big Show 975 and 1280 the zone. 
This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jay Drew. BYU, what do you think and know about this team that the average fan doesn't know that would either set their mind at ease or let them know that disaster is imminent and they can at least brace themselves for it? I just think mediocrity is imminent. I think they're just going to keep doing what they do, which is finish around 500. They have to play near perfect to win, which they pretty much did against USC when they don't play perfectly like they did against Toledo. Then they lose. I call it a fragile team, and I think they're easily breakable. I don't know if it's their psyche, their mentality, or just the fact that they're not heavily talented. But they are what they are, I guess, which is pretty much an average, mediocre college football team right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Uh, we have a total request Tuesday today, Gordon. Uh, Austin has gone with this, and I like it. Uh, total request Tuesday. What are the strangest band names of all time? And this is Mr. Mr. You're a fan of this band, according to uh, yourself coming back here. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, are you a fan of this band? Uh, no. Me neither. But I remember that. I mean, Austin, you remember this song, don't you? Oh, yeah. Why don't you like this song? I don't know. Listen to a rocket. Is that what they're doing? I mean, he's cheesy. A little cheesy. <laughs> but he's got guts. All right. Uh, it's brought- <laughs> he did this in public. <laughs> and you got to admire that. <laughs> brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. And if you want to participate in Total Request Tuesday, tweet at Austin Horton. And uh, you can't do so. All right, some BYU football news and then a BYU football topic, Gordon. But um, Can I interject something on the nickname front real quick? Okay. One of our listeners says, uh, sorry, Gordon, almost any other nickname is better than insulting Donovan's mother and thinking it's clever. It's stupid and offensive. Okay. I wasn't taking it quite that literally but maybe if you do okay all right go ahead. no you're just trying to have a little fun right yeah that's all you're not insulting anybody's right. mother so glad you read that yeah all right <laughs> about the news okay. let's do the news zach wilson according to the des news our boy jay drew had a quote surgical procedure on his injured right hand unquote uh, Brett Pine of BYU confirmed that, said it is anticipated he will be able to return to play this season. Other reports out there have his timetable estimated around six to eight weeks. If it's eight weeks, uh, how many weeks are left in the season? Yeah, you're probably done if it turns out to be eight. I mean, eight weeks, uh, how many games do the uh, Cougars have? I think well, seven. Eight weeks would be two months, and we know that the regular season is over at the end of November. They have two and, buys, right, and this it, week? Uh, it being so, October 1st. So are they figuring then that he'll be back for the bowl game? Uh, they're, they're probably holding out hope that maybe he'll be ready to go by a couple of games in November. 
Maybe the San Diego State game. Maybe you need him. I don't. I don't know. They. It, it really does nothing for them to to count them out for the rest of the year. Okay. It, it, you mean so? Oh, okay. Maybe he will be back. It, it, that'll be a real interesting question because do you do you bring him back if there is only one or two games left? Probably depends on your situation. Wouldn't yeah. you think? Yeah, it depends on how it's going for Jaron. Or, and I'm knocking on wood here, but it is the quarterback position. You know, Jaron's health, those sorts of things right. can can all come into play. How much do they have on the line? How much does how much do they need that San Diego State win? You know, because if they go 0-2 against Boise and Utah State, I mean, you, you probably want to get that San Diego State game pretty badly, I would imagine. I suppose, and certainly Kalani Sataki wants to get every game he can regardless. And if his quarterback's cleared to go. So you you really just never know. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jaron goes out there and tears it up and they tell Zach, they say, hey, I mean, I guess they should always be patient with it. But, hey, you know, Jaron's got it rolling. Let's let's address it in spring. And he's, he's a, a mobile quarterback. And when you have a mobile quarterback, he also has a target on his back, right? And so you always wonder about those guys, whether – well, because the the question is always, do you want to take away some of what he he uh, what his gifts are? It's it's always the tricky part. And with a backup quarterback, you want to put him out there with everything that he's comfortable with. That's that's really really important. You hear coaches talk about that all the time. Give him something he's comfortable with and can be a go to. And if that's you know scrambling and and being mobile and uh-huh. and running, you know you don't want to take that away from him. Because you're already throwing a guy into the mix, and so make sure he's comfortable. And if if running's part of Jaron's game, I I which it is, I would expect him to do so. You would expect him to do so, and then you always have the folks who who bring up the the whole idea that you're more vulnerable passing in the pocket than you are when you're running. Yeah, do you buy that? Because that's the claim. I think hits are hits. Yeah, it's probably not good to take one from the blind side in the mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's probably not combi- real. If you combine the two, yeah, then you're taking hits in <laughs> here and there. I think it's about limiting overall hits. And, and by the way, BYU's offensive line has not been terrific. Has not been as good as advertised. And that was something uh, Will Snowden reported on our post game with uh, with Tony over the weekend. Is that uh, the there's there's a little rumbling on the interior about the offensive line, saying this is supposed to be a strength of this team, and Zach was getting hit a little bit. Yeah. So maybe there's some some stress there that they need to tighten things up, and they, they certainly could be better. That, that whole offensive line thing, it's a combination of things going on. Is the quarterback holding the ball longer than he needs to? Is he holding the ball longer than he needs to because the receivers aren't getting open? Or are you going to blame it all on the O-line? Yeah, right, all factors. Absolutely all factors. Real quick, here's what uh, we teased to get to, Gordon, and maybe we get back to it uh, a little bit later on in the show. But Pat Forty, who's a, generally a, a pretty good college football writer for Yahoo Sports, kind of ranked the coaching hires over the past several years into different categories. Uh, for example, questionable hires gone right, uh, good hires gone wrong. Um Let's see, what else does he have? Cookie-cutter hires gone wrong. And uh, finally, unimaginative hires gone wrong. Okay. okay. Uh, candidate one, Clay Hilton. All right. And number two, Will Muschamp, uh, head coach of South Carolina. And number three, Kalani Sitake. Uh, here's what he wrote. 
He was a BYU player and a Mormon to boot. So what could go wrong? Well, a few things. Life as an independent isn't easy, but it probably shouldn't be as hard as Sataki has made it look the past two seasons. He's hit some high points, a stunning win at Wisconsin last year, plus victories over USC, Tennessee, and Arizona. But there have been losses to East Carolina, UMass, Northern Illinois, and now Toledo last Saturday. BYU's two wins this season have both come in overtime. And the victory at Tennessee was a certified miracle. The Cougars aren't too far from being 0-5 at this point. Uh, that's true, but uh, that, that woulda, coulda, shoulda. I mean, that goes in both directions. And complaints about both directions can, can be, uh, uh, you know, about bringing up that kind. They won. They won those games. So what, di- what difference does it make whether it was a miracle or whether it was – you know, whether it was uh, striking that they were able to beat USC, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Here's, here's some things that stand out. First of all, when he says he was a BYU player and a Mormon to boot, so what could go wrong? Well, BYU's hiring pool of coaches are all card-carrying members of the LDS church. Whether and, you agree with that or not, right. that seems to be a fact. So the odds of them having attended BYU probably aren't terrible. So that that doesn't have anything to do with anything. But what he what he gets to the the line that stood out to me and let me know if you agree with it is that he that independence isn't easy but it probably shouldn't be as hard as Sataki has made it look the past two seasons. Uh, I, do you I agree with that? No, I don't. I I'm try, I think that uh, who who would they have hired that would have been able to do better under those circumstances? No, I I tend to agree Here, with you, but my... is it a fair con- criticism for the present? Uh, I, I, I think that's questionable because I do think that losses to Toledo and Northern Illinois, and I think that's exactly what he's talking about. He's making it harder than it needs to be. Those need to be victories. And again, I think Toledo is better than the other teams on that list. It's less of a black eye than East Carolina or UMass certainly. But those, those examples, I, I thought he worded that pretty well. You should be beating those teams. You should be making this easier on yourself. Yes. I agree with that. You've got to beat those teams as much as as much as there are these teams on the schedule that are very difficult for BYU to beat given the circumstances. I think that's a viable criticism. Here's another viable criticism. The recruiting classes have not been as 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 good as we thought they would be under Kalani Sataki. Mm-hmm. They haven't been. We thought Kalani was going to draw in that kind of talent. Why? Because he's a popular guy. He's got connections in the Polynesian community. You would have expected, you would have expected BYU to uh, to rank a little better than what it's been. Those, those and whether you believe those ranking classes or not, and the stars and how they work those through, BYU is down around what was it last year, 69th or something. It was. I have a that's not very. I have a tough time with those recruiting rankings. Sometimes I, I think they can tell you a little, but I don't think they tell you everything. What do they tell you? Well, it's hard because the the people making these judgments are not necessarily the most qualified, and I'm not trying to aff- uh, offend anybody. And there's some very good folks here locally that do it, and so 
But I'm it's not more, trying to make waves, but I, I'm talking in the about comprehensive than it right. is in the in the individual. And the the schools that actually recruit these players are what really dictates the rankings. So if Ohio State is recruiting a young Gordon Monson, <laughs> he, he must be good. All of a sudden, you get the label as a five star or whatever just because Ohio State is recruiting you. And then we look back after the season's over and go, "Wow, Ohio State had a really amazing recruiting class." Is that and you true? Go, well, duh. Is that true? Yes. Do, do the stars change? If certain programs are recruiting them, absolutely one hundred percent. Suddenly, they get then the, the, the two and a half stars turn into a four or five star. Ask a, I don't know that, but uh, maybe it's true. Ask uh, Kyle Gunther uh, next time we have him on the show to tell you his story with this because when he he got his uh, his um, uh, offer from Utah and he had struggled finding some offers up until that point or. Anyway, he'd have to tell you. But as soon as he got that first official offer or whatever, and I believe it was Utah, then all of a sudden all these other schools were like, oh, here's your offer, here's your offer, here's your offer. So if if Witt's going to recruit you, well, then, boy, I better jump on that. Like, the the whole thing is is based on who's recruiting you. Okay, but there's the other aspect to, to BYU recruiting in specific, and that is that, you know, it takes longer there because some of the guys you recruit are on missions. Exactly. I mean, really, if you want to look at it, we haven't seen Kalani's recruits all that much. But if he if his recruiting classes are ranked low, and then you go out and lose to Toledo, and you're two and three, then then it's easy to jump. I, I think this will be uh, a really hot discussion over the next couple of weeks. Because now you're playing Utah State and Boise State, and those are teams. What's BYU's record against Boise? Two and seven. Yeah, against recently against Boise and Utah State it hasn't been yeah. terrific. But they are supposedly not supposedly they are they are your contemporaries, right? And you need to perform against your contemporaries. And if you hadn't gone independent and you had been in uh, the Mountain West, still these are teams you'd be going up against. I'm not sure that BYU would be. A, Super competitive in the Mountain West, even. And maybe they would be, but I, you know, Utah State and Boise State are staring them right in the teeth. And this year, they get an opportunity at San Diego State, and that won't be easy no. either. Yeah, but you keep in mind the Mountain West still has some bottom that's that's Did really you clean rough. up your record. I mean, with? a couple of what was it two years ago during BYU's four win season or whatever. One of those wins was still Hawaii. I'd have to look it through. They might have been yeah. a couple of Mountain West teams that right. year. There's still that bottom. Although, didn't uh, wasn't it San Jose that went into Arkansas and came out with a win? How about that? San Jose shouldn't be winning against Arkansas Pine Bluff. But think of it this way. At the top of the league, your record might be better, but would you be winning league championships? And then even this year... And I, I know you and I, neither one of us are really, uh, really uh, uh, convinced that these comparative scores are really anything, mean anything all that much. But Colorado State lost to Toledo by less than BYU did. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't know. But comparative scores are kind of a dangerous game. Yeah. All right, we'll get into some youth football with our friend Christian Cox coming up at 4.30. Don't forget, Bowler's in the house in the, uh, during the entire 5 o'clock hour. Gordon's doing his nicknaming at yeah, 5.30. I've, I've gotten some good help. Uh, you can bring it. Continue to bring those nickname suggestions because Bowler is going to be sitting right here, and he's going to be listening hard 
to what these suggestions are. And if he uses yours, think about the source of pride that would be for you. And uh, we'll play our interview with Donovan Mitchell coming up at 5.05, so stay tuned for that. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, more college football up next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one goes out to Jessica on a total request Tuesday. Hooba Stank. One of my favorites. She says, I'm sorry, but Hooba Stank? I hate saying it out loud. <laughs> Should that be a jazz player's name? No. No. Hooba Stank? Because I don't think I don't think Bowler is saying that one. Hoop. No, Hooba. Hooba. I know. With a B. Well, I know. Oh, hoop. Yeah. Oh. I still am. I'm still not loving it. All right. All right. It is the, it's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Upside down. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Christian Cox will join us coming up at 4.30. What's you know, your, he played for the New England Patriots. Yeah, I did. Had, had a cup of coffee for the Patriots. I, I heard that. Do we have that sound anymore? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got it. I'm sure we have it somewhere. Where uh, Where are you at? How are you hanging on? Where are you, Gordon, when it comes to the Pac-12 right now? Where is, what's kind of the hierarchy in your mind? Well, you and I sort of bounced off this discussion a little bit yesterday with the whole Oregon or Washington. Which one are you going with? Oregon. You sure? Yeah. Why? Their defense hasn't given up a touchdown since week one, and they have the best quarterback in the league. Who's got the better coach? Uh, Washington, probably. Who's got? That's big. Who's got the season wears on? I'll, I'll give you one that you will certainly respect. Who has three All Americans on their offensive line? Oregon. Yeah, Oregon does. It is true. It is a true fact. Or is it the Utes? I don't think they have three All Americans on their oh. offensive line. No, I, no, I get what you're saying. I'm they might joking. have three NFL players on their defense. Where do line. you where do you fit them in into this conversation? Because the other thing is, Utah lost to USC. So would you put them above or be below in the pecking order? That I'm not. I just don't get into that. Okay, they lost to those guys, and so that's going to reflect on them poorly at the end of the season. When I look at those teams, I look at who is going to be operating the smoothest come November. I thought it was going to be who's going to have the fewest losses come November. <laughs> well, that's always good, too. But uh, if they have a similar number of losses when it comes to uh, – uh, that championship game, or even qualifying for that championship game. I think you didn't you say earlier, was it Austin, that you think that uh, that Utah is going to pass USC somewhere along the way in the South? That was probably Austin, but I do believe was that. Was that you, Austin? I'm sorry if I'm attributing things to you that may not be true. Uh, the whole idea that you, Utah will be will surpass USC along the way. I don't believe I, oh. surpass them as in the standings. I would say in yesterday how I still don't believe in them really. USC, maybe, maybe or I, Utah, maybe USC. I, maybe I just yeah, I don't extrapolated that from what you said. All right, 
Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. I, I'd put Utah ahead of them in this kind of power ranking conversation if we were doing that. So, are you confident that the Utes will qualify for the Pac-12 championship game? They should. I don't and know. So then they'll go up against one of those two teams. But three losses isn't going to get it done this year, like it did last year. So, I mean, how many more losses does? Because USC has a really tough schedule, actually. But I mean, how many more losses are they going to get? Are you sure that their schedule's any any tougher than Utah's? Well, it has Oregon on it, so. Well, I mean, the Utes have Washington. True. Which uh, and both of those, I believe, are road games. If no, do do the Trojans have Oregon at the Coliseum? I'm bringing this up yeah, check right out. as we I, speak. Gordon. It, it, it's fascinating to think about these things, and this is what you do when you have a bye this week. You were reestablishing where the Utes are. They look so impressive against Washington State that uh, maybe maybe some Ute fans are out there saying, "Well, if they played USC again, they would beat them." And that, that, might, that might be true. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they played a lot better against Washington yeah. State. Yeah, USC's schedule is not as hard as I was thinking. Uh, you've got at Notre Dame uh, on October which 12th, doesn't which doesn't matter. Arizona at home, at Colorado, Oregon at home, at Arizona State, at Cal, UCLA at home. Well, at Cal could be tough. <laughs> Who's playing quarterback at Cal at yeah, that point? That's true. Because Monster got a score. so bad. Um Arizona State plays great defense, and that kind of is how BYU beat USC. What about at Colorado, though? Listen, and I'll say this about Colorado. If you've got an upperclassman baller at quarterback, which they do they in do. Montez, they do. and you've got a threat on the outside, which they do, they're going to be dangerous to anybody, and they beat they beat Arizona State. That's a yep. that's a really good win it for is. Colorado. So yeah, absolutely, Colorado's dangerous. 100%. Yeah, that receiver is he's he he was. I don't understand what happened to him at the end of last year. He faded off, but he, he got hurt. He was that what he was yeah. dinged up in the in the uh, in the Utah game. He hardly even played. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's he played he's a, in the, a bunch in the first half and something like that, and then didn't okay. play. Uh, didn't play the Lavisca Chenault didn't play in the second half. Well, who was not the most lively of interviews at Pac-12 Media Day, by the way, but certainly a very talented receiver. <laughs> but the guy interviewing Remember? him was lively. Yes, he yes. Oh, great. Hi, how are you? Do we have, no, how let's, you doing? don't go diving Hi. to the computer, Austin. Hi. Don't do Hi. that. How are you? Uh, Hi. Hi. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> Got a little energy on the radio, and what do you know? people? Remember are... last year we were talking to the Colorado play-by-play guy? I'm uh, sorry, I've forgotten his name. Who? Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson. And he said that that receiver is the best player he'd ever, college player ever or some such. He was very, very high on When the he's guy. played, he's dominating. Hi, Cameron. Hi, how you oh, doing? Okay. Great, man. How are you? What's up, Zach? Hi, Troy. Lloyd, you? Lloyd hustled Nick, all the way Miles, from man? his studio to help man? Austin find that. Is that why you're you? shaking your head as Lloyd? Yeah, exactly why. for a few minutes. How you doing, man? What's up, KJ? You were very lively. What's up, KJ? I had a lot of energy. Did you drink a bang before uh, before that? Nope. Straight uh, hotel coffee. Oh. All right. And then I may have refilled it. Have you ever had a time. bang? Like an orange bang? The drink. And then called bang? Yeah, the, or or that you buy in the, the, the mixing cooler at 7-Eleven? <laughs> no. That? No. You mean tang? No, bang. It's a drink. 
I'm pretty sure that's what I'm talking about. You go into no, the gas station. No, no, and... it's a canned drink. It's like an energy drink. It's got all that caffeine in it and stuff. No, I don't. I don't. Fires do you all drinks. up. All right. Uh, I to answer your question, I I don't know. I don't know who's better, but I think there's going to be a chance that Washington will end up better than Oregon. There's a chance, sure. Well, I mean, I mean, they're both one loss teams in here. And they're both undefeated in conference play thus far. So, yeah, of, of course. But I like Oregon more. All right. And everything but the coaching. Well, the good thing for the Utes is they don't have to deal with either one of those teams. Oh, they do have to play Washington. Washington. But they don't have to deal with Oregon until they, they would meet them in the in the championship game. And based on what we saw, USC-Washington, Washington is considerably better than the Trojans are. And we saw what happened with the Trojans. Playing, uh, playing the Utes. So uh, it's Pac-12 is a, a decent challenge, even though all the teams aren't uh, of championship caliber. The, the teams that are of championship caliber, in my opinion, are the three that we've been discussing here. Utes, Oregon, and Washington. And after that, there's uh, something of a drop-off, even though the Trojans did beat the Utes. Like I said, I can't explain that one. I thought the Utes were better. We'll get uh, to some more college football, some NBA coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. We've got an update for you on the California legislation story, which now I'm going to have to hear another stupid drop that I don't want to hear. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes. We need to update. Just deal with it, man. We need to update that story. (laughs) I am just dealing. What do you think I'm doing? Just take it like a man. Listen to it and bob your head. No, I don't have to hate amateurism. Every time I hear my wife's pet name for me is Bowler, I don't go, oh, that's not true. I just take it. Because it is true. Tony used to object every time we played the Jim Harbaugh one and said, that's incriminating audio. Notice he doesn't really do that as much anymore. Oh, now he's like, I called it. Years ago. (laughs) Nailed it. After his first game. That's funny how it comes around like that, huh? More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.